Build your cultural competence. Listen to interesting stories. Learn about the cultural pitfalls and how to avoid them. Get the global perspective here at Culture Matters Podcast on international business. We help you understand cultural diversity better by interviewing real people with real experiences, helping you develop your cultural competence. Hello and welcome to the number 68 podcast, Culture Matters Podcast. It's a first time this time that we have somebody who is actually in Nigeria, in Abuja, the capital of, uh, of Nigeria. His name is Odinaka Lavender Ekwermadu. Uh, people actually do call him Odi. He's a 20 years old. He is 20 years of age. He was born on April 7, 1994 in Lagos, Nigeria. He finished his primary school in 2004 from St. Bernadette in Lagos, Nigeria. Then he went on to Capital Science Academy from 2004 until 2011 in the UK, where he studied graphic design in his undergraduate level at the University of Huddersfield. Odi, his calling name, just completed his master's degree at Anglia Ruskin University, UK Cambridge, where he took a class in intercultural communication to help him realize his dream to make Nigeria a better country. Um, Odi talks very openly about what he thinks and feels should be... um, changed in his country and also you know the, the the good the bad and the ugly is something that we will talk about let's get right to the interview it's time for this week's guest at the culture matters podcast here's your host chris smith good morning or actually good afternoon uh Odie, how are you very well thank you all right excellent nice to have you on the show it's the first time for me to have somebody from nigeria uh, on the show as well, we've had uh, many kind of nationalities as well, but never somebody from Nigeria. I've always looked at Nigeria as being a world within this world that we uh, that we live in. But we get plenty of time to talk about your your home country. I've revealed that already that you are from Nigeria. Um, but tell us a little bit more about yourself. Where do you come from? Where are you now? And tell us a little bit about your cultural frame of reference, please. Okay, um, my name is Oznadek Barimadu Lavender, first and foremost. Um, I just finished my master's in Anglo Ruskin University in Cambridge, United Kingdom. Uh-huh. Okay, sorry, just cracked. Yeah, finished my master's at Anglo Ruskin University in Cambridge. And um, I'm from the south, southern eastern part of Nigeria. Yes. And my state is Enugu, Enugu State. And just to give you a brief intro about my state, what we do, like what kind of food we eat, uh-huh. different from every other regional part. Yes, please. The languages we speak is different. Sorry. The language we speak is, we got like, I think, seven to eight different states in where I come from. Yeah. Or we have, we speak the same language, but different dialect of Igbo. It's called Igbo, as mm-hmm. spelled I-G-B-O. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And and what kind of food would you eat that is different from say the cap the 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 biggest city Lagos? Um, I would have said gari and soup, but I think everybody in Nigeria eats that same kind of food. But uh-huh. Igbo food, we would eat like egusi. Uh-huh. There's a soup called egusi. Yeah. And um, yeah, egusi is a soup made by mostly Igbo people, but uh-huh. gari is something we all share. That's okay. one. Yeah. Okay, and and current, where are you currently at this moment? 
I'm in Abuja, the capital of Nigeria. And Abuja, just for those for those of us who are not very familiar with the geography of that big country in the in the west western part of Africa, is in the top, right? It's in the north. Yes, I think it is in the north, actually, in the country. Yes. Okay. Um, and you say that you're from the southeast. Then what makes you currently? Um, Asking you what are you doing there is a bit rude, but that's sort of the way that the the question that I would like um, to ask. Basically, my parents work here. Uh-huh. My dad works here, NGO company. And my mom has a business shop now, and that's why I'm actually staying here. Okay. I'm living with my parents currently. Yeah. Excellent. Now your English is very is is very good because you spent some time in the UK. Um, how did you how did you end up there? I mean, how tell us a little bit about the road that you took from Nigeria um, because you're quite young still, right? And you've you've traveled traveled in life. I mean, uh, quite a lot already. Tell us a little bit about that, please. Um, first and foremost, I was born in Lagos, the former capital of um, Nigeria. I did my primary school there in St. Benedict's. Mm-hmm. And in 2004, I came to Abuja to do my secondary school. I started from 2004 to 2011. Mm-hmm. And in 2011, I went to UK, University of Huddersfield in West Yorkshire, UK. Mm-hmm. I did my foundation from 2011 to 2012. And then I went and I progressed to my first degree in graphic design. Mm-hmm. I did that from 2012 to 2015. And I wasn't satisfied what I've done because I re- never really liked my first degree. It was quite good, stressful, lots of designs, mm-hmm. lots of concepts. Mm-hmm. So I just knew like I had a chance to just progress to my master's since I didn't want to just redo another first degree. Again, I wanted a master's. So I went with um, intercultural communication because I just want to know how, what other, what other um, cultures look like. And my dream is to go around African countries someday. Yeah. Because I've heard about a lot about African countries, but I've never actually been there. The only African country I've been to is um, Ghana yeah. and Benin Republic. Okay, which are, are, are close to Nigeria. Yes. Yes. And why did you go to, to the UK? Is that a logical destination for you coming from Nigeria? Or was there a particular different motivation? Um, because the educational standard is better than Nigeria. Nigeria is improving on it, but the UK is definitely standard. Okay. All right. Okay. So that would that would be just your preference there. Yes. Yes. And then being Nigeria, being born and raised in Nigeria, then coming to the UK, how is that? I mean, how do you survive that? Okay. Um, way back when I was a little boy, mm-hmm. definitely with my parents, I used to come to the United Kingdom for holidays. I used to come for holidays and just, you know, we go to London, uh, you get to talk to people, you get to go to parks and talk to random people. It was kind of weird at the beginning, but we have to get used to it because we go there like every single summer. We keep going back to the UK. So studying the UK with the experience of really hard with my traveling experience was very easy to connect. So you mentioned the word weird. So what is weird the first time you, you, you get into the UK being a Nigerian? Um, because the first time we went there, when you speak to people with like... It's something called an African accent. People over there, like European, don't get to understand what you're saying. So you have to like tone your voice a bit for them yes. to understand. But when you talk, they go like, pardon, all the time. Yeah. So you have to try and speak like them just to make them understand what you're trying to say. You're yeah. doing pretty well there, I must say. Yeah. yeah. I, I would have difficulties making out that you're originally from, um, uh, from Nigeria, from Africa. 
I'm definitely from Nigeria. <laughs> well, by the, by the, by the looks of it, um, we can see that because uh, next to this being a podcast by iTunes, it's also yeah. going to be on YouTube on, uh, on my YouTube channel. So you can actually, okay. um, have a look at Odie as well if you're listening to this, okay. uh, audio version only. Um, so. Let's let's talk somewhat more about Nigeria because I think I've been there once uh, years and years ago. I've been to uh, Lagos and that's was a business trip. I was there for a couple of days. I have um, okay. I've had a really nice experience there, but I've seen things that I would just never believe I would ever see. Um, so describe Nigeria for us if you can, and and in terms of of something like the good, the bad, and the ugly. I mean, I okay. I know you're on this mission, and I know you wouldn't shed the bad things either. So. Explain Nigeria to us a bit. Um, well, I would say Nigeria, it's a very, very great nation because the, sl the slogan of the um, country is good people, great nation. Mm -hmm. But first and foremost, before I go into that, I want to say in my um, undergrads, I did um, a dissertation titled Rebranding and Reimaging Nigeria. Mm -hmm. So the, the concept of that essay was just to tell people that, yes, we know that Nigeria is corrupt. Yes, we know that. And corruption is not just only in Nigeria. We can see corruption in any other country. Sure. I don't really have a case study for that right now, but I know we can see corruption for any other country. We can see bad people. You see bad people everywhere, fair enough. You see bad roads in a lot of places. Do you get what I'm saying? Yeah. So, and um, the whole concept of the essay was to say, yes, I know that Nigeria is bad, but at the same time, the whole country cannot be bad. Uh -huh. So I came back and did a, a one-hour documentary. I had to introduce some influential people, had to go to different states like Lagos. I went to Calabar. I did Abuja, and I went to Niger State. Mm -hmm. So it's just to show people that we have the we have the negative, obviously, but at the same time, we have the positive. So if, we're, if you're going to generalize Nigeria, you have to actually go there and see it for yourself because if you believe what people say, mm -hmm. they actually go into the wrong path. Yeah. So what would you say, what would be the typical thing um, that you would describe as being uh, the ugly or the bad part of Nigeria? Um, Nigeria lacks, like, I'm really against a lot of things that happen because uh -huh. I keep saying Nigeria right now, we're over 200 million people, I would say. And what I think we should do is we should concentrate more on family planning because a lot of kids, you see a lot of kids on the road, a lot of kids in the orphanage, and the parents cannot take care of them, and the government is not. Well, to me, Personally, I haven't seen much the government has been doing to like help people on the road. But at the end of the day, I agree that the government cannot help everybody in a certain country. Mm -hmm. It can give everybody jobs and all that, but people should be able to um, um, look for job opportunities. But the government needs to help to a certain extent at the same time. Yeah. Okay. That's fair enough. And then ending on the good part, I mean, on this question of the good, uh, the good, the bad, and the ugly, you say um, Nigeria, the, 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 the slogan is um, good people, great nation. That's, uh, that's what you yeah. just said, right? Yes. Um, yes. So what is the good part? What is the, the thing that, that we don't, and we, with we, I mean the West, don't seem to see? Um, I think Nigerians in general are actually good people, but what makes people um, speak negative about Nigerians themselves, like Nigerians can speak bad about a different Nigerian, is the culture. Mm -hmm. Culture plays a very big role in this country because we have over 500 different type of tribes in Nigeria. And, but the main ones are just Igbo, Yoruba, and Aousa. They're the three major ones. We got lots of other um, tribes, but they're all, um, they're minorities. 
So people don't really speak that. You either speak Igbo, Yoruba, Hausa, or just English. Mm-hmm. But it's something called broken English. It's a new kind of slang, yeah. just slang language. Yeah, so, um, and um, we, I would say, I don't mean to say this, but I've, I've, I've passed through a lot of um, experiences, a lot of people who I would regard them as tribalistic people. They would only, they would treat you different from how they treat, like I'm from the Southeast, I'm Igbo. If I see an Aosa person, he may not regard me as, oh, because he's, he, he may say, maybe we're Nigerians. Okay, we're Nigerians, but we're not, we don't speak the same language. You may not approach, if you're going to approach somebody from your state, may not be the same way you may approach me. Yeah. But I don't think culture should be a problem. We, if culture is going to be a problem, then I don't see the point of us of people talking in the first place. Do you know what I'm saying? So I think we need to concentrate more on personality than culture. Mm. We need to like culture. Culture is meant to be like um, a uni- a unified kind of thing, like uniting people together than separating us. Mm-hmm. The only thing I believe can separate us is personality, not culture. Your human values can make you stop talking to somebody. But your culture shouldn't because you were born into it from your parents, mm-hmm. like previous generations. Exactly. So yeah. it's not your fault. Yeah. No, it's, and still, what you say, you mentioned five hundred tribes, three major ones. Um, that's this. That means that collect uh, collectiveness or collectivity, uh, the collectivistic side of Nigerian uh, culture is is very much present. It is. And and do you think that you can actually wipe that out or overcome that by focusing on individuals? Do you think you you will? Does that does that? Do you see any signs that it is happening right now, or is that just wishful thinking? Um, I'm literally hopeful that everybody is comfortable speaking their language than somebody being forced to speak something that you don't belong to. Mm-hmm. Because growing up in secondary school, we only do Igbo, Yoruba, and Hausa as languages courses. You're only allowed to choose one of the three. And many people don't even understand those languages. Mm-hmm. So they're forced to do something they don't like and end up failing it. Yeah. So I don't really see it. I think, well, at the same time, it's kind of hard putting every single language in a certain school and saying every single school in Nigeria should teach these languages because... The school has to be very big and the teachers has to be a lot because the language is, is too many. Yeah. Do you understand? So it's, it's either people just stick with speaking only English yeah. or they try and learn another language. But it's very hard. Yeah. Okay. Well, it's it sounds it sounds um they, they sound like good ideas, and I want to hear some more of your ideas in um, in a moment as well. You mentioned just before uh, me asking that question that, for instance, what Nigeria should be focusing on for one is family planning, right? Um, yeah, yeah. They're like 200 million people. You say that's too much, too many, so we need to do something about that. Is, is, is And that triggered the other question. You can't just copy Western methods to a country like Nigeria. So... What do you it's what do you suggest to do then? Because family planning is a Western thing as well, you know, um, play, paying for social welfare, these kind of things, medical systems. Uh, those are, yeah. are I'm not saying they're only Western concept, but they tend to work relatively well here and not so well in your country. So, you, and we also know that you cannot use whatever's happening in one country as a template for that to use that in another country. So, what do you suggest to do? Um, I would say family planning is actually working in Nigeria okay. with some NGOs. Uh-huh. Some NGOs are like partner, partnering with um, European companies yes. because most of the NGOs in Nigeria's headquarters are always in America or in the UK. Yeah. So they always have like partnership deals to see what we can do. But I, like I said earlier, the government still needs to play a very big role uh-huh. in family planning because if you, if like, for example, if a man with kids, like seven kids, earning 10,000 naira per month, it's not enough. 
I don't know how he wants to pay for this kid. So I think it's high time people make up. It doesn't even if the government doesn't support you, you know what you're doing. It's high time you know you have to live within your range. You know, I'm earning this amount of money. I shouldn't have this amount of kids. Mm. I just believe it's common sense rather than somebody telling you you cannot have this. You already know by yourself. Yeah. You should this is these are things you should know already without you don't need to go to a program called family planning and ex- let them let them explain to you. Mm. These are things you know that because the family this family planning thing is not really working in Nigeria because people sleep with people, get more kids and all that and just dump them in the orphanage homes and the government don't really, there are a lot of things in the country that needs to be focused on than kids mm. and the orphans. I'm not saying it shouldn't be, I'm not saying government shouldn't focus on kids, mm-hmm. but they're like major, more things, more major things to focus about in the economy than just a group of people. Yeah. You mentioned yeah. an amount, 10,000 Naira per, per month, you said, right? Um, yes, just how, an example. How much would that be in, say, US dollars or euros? More or less. To be honest. I don't have an idea. <laughs> Let me see if idea. I can if I can calculate that real quickly, or I can look that up. Okay. Um, in the in the meantime, you, you your visions are very uh, and, and the way you talk are very westernized. Um, from from what you say, you have you seem to have a very clear outlook on, on the direction that Nigeria should go. And again, I ca- I'm coming back. Isn't it that family values are so much different from what you're actually saying right now? Isn't it still tradition, I would say almost, to have a big family and to mm-hmm. have as as many sons as possible? And it's a status as well, isn't it? True. Tradition is really playing a big role in people's decision, especially in Nigeria, because that's what like the previous generation believe in. Mm-hmm. But I think people should be more exposed. You don't need to travel out to be exposed. People need to be more exposed. Like one thing in Nigeria is like respect is very, um, it's looked in a very high level in Nigeria. Like yeah. you can, if you advise your parents for something or advising someone older, you'll be like, you don't know more than me. You shouldn't tell me what to do, but you cannot be right all the time because of your order. Uh-huh. Whatever I've gone through, you may not have gone through it. Whatever I've seen, you may not have seen it. Whatever you've seen, I may not have seen it. So yes. it's not about like the age. It's just about more exposure. Like people that have gone to the United Kingdom or US or wherever, Dubai, you see like most British kids, like most British family, at live with a dad, a mom, and let's say three kids, max, Mm -hmm. most of them, three kids, two kids. And the economy of the um, country, it's good. The economy of Nigeria is not really good. And putting that budget with corruption and the amount of people in Nigeria, it's really hard. That's, that means people, like I say, like the more people give birth in Nigeria, mm-hmm. the more there's no job opportunities, then there's a tendency of the um, terrorism increasing day by day because people are forced to do that because they don't have money. They don't know where to really concentrate on. So you can't really blame people who would do that to an extent. You can't really blame them to an extent. Yes. yes. Okay, in, in, in your in your LinkedIn profile, you describe um, that you have ideas and you have a political ambition as well to, yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I wrote this one down, that uh, um, you say you want to share your ideas about how to prevent Nigeria to become a failed state. Why yeah. Why would you consider Nigeria on the brink or heading towards being a failed state? And if you'd be president, uh, Odi, what would you do? That's a very tough question, to be honest. <laughs> well, I have actually two, two parts. So why, first, let's start with the first part then. Why would you consider Nigeria heading or being on the brink of being a failed state? Because those are heavy words. Okay. 
Yeah, very, very heavy words. I know they're heavy words, but um, I've listened to a lot of people complaints. I've done a lot of research. I've done a lot. Of, I've done about five different essays, and they're all concentrated on Nigeria. Mm-hmm. So I've seen like the increase in corruption in Nigeria. It's it's really high, and at some point, it can get really annoying because if you're put into a public office and your job is to help the country, I don't see why you should steal money or get people's share. Like, I don't see why you should, like, it's all in the mind at the end of the day. You're getting salary for this. You're getting bonuses for where you are already. So I don't see why you need to take somebody else's share. And you don't, you, you expect the country to be fine. Yeah. You expect people to be happy. You don't, like, I don't, I don't know of any politician in Nigeria who lives the kind of life people live on the streets. I don't know of anyone like that. In Nigeria. I mean, I know all of this. Yeah, in Nigeria. I mean, I don't know all of them, but I've never experienced something like a politician sleeping on the streets or an ex-politician sleeping on the streets. Mm-hmm. But there's two people who have been complaining for years and years and years, mm-hmm. but the same thing is still going on. Like, give you an example of this person, a musician in Nigeria called Fela Kuti. Mm-hmm. He really started this uh, movement, um, this um, campaign called Movement of the People. I think he ran for president at one point, but on a very small scale. And he's just fighting for human rights, saying the government is suffering everybody. Nigeria cannot be good with the same bad politicians we've had. The same people who have been there over the years are still in the country, controlling the country. So what's the problem? You don't. Nobody can make new decisions. You're not ready to listen to what because it's all believed. Like we we found we gave um, Nigeria we won independence for Nigeria, so we know what we're talking about. But we've seen it's not happened in like 50 years we've not seen anything yeah. it should be the same thing i don't know how long people can wait mm-hmm. that's why i said the more the country keeps declining the more increase in terrorism would keep going really high and it's very easy to recruit people who are not going to school yes if the government can if the government can sponsor the country people going abroad to school give them good education when they come back they work just like the Chinese economy. They send everybody out to every any country. Mm-hmm. Whatever you study, you come back and impact the country. Yeah. But I think that's what we're missing in Nigeria here. If so, you can, and so I pre- believe Nigeria. What would President the- Odi do in this? You've, I mean, you're you're 22 years old, I believe, and you've got yeah. a lifetime ahead of you. Also, potentially politically. So, what would President yeah. Odi do? What are the three things that you would do? Um, if I was to be president, uh-huh. hopefully. What I would do is, if you found really guilty of anything, we would follow the rule of law, regardless of who you are, mm-hmm. regardless of how much you have or who you know. It shouldn't be done like that, because if it's done like that, then there's no point of you being there in the first place. Mm-hmm. Like, I always say to people, like, I'm I'm really blunt when it comes to telling somebody the truth. If you're my friend and you're doing something wrong, I let you know this is wrong. You may get angry with me, you may get upset with me, but if I don't tell you that, then we're living in deceit. Exactly what's happening in like the um, political level in Nigeria. They don't tell themselves the truth. That's why everyone just thinks it's okay just to keep doing the same thing. Yes. And the the power level is abused in the country. If you're really up there, nobody can tell you what to do and how to do it. You you have so much authority that nobody can tell you what to do. So I don't think it's right. Yeah. Because everybody just looks at it from a political level, but you have to look at it from like a humanitarian, like we're human beings just like you, but we may not have the same opportunity as you. Uh-huh. Doesn't mean you should treat it this bad because you never know tomorrow. Like they say, you never just know. Yes, very true. Very true. Yeah. There's there's one other um, thing that I think Westerns are are very surprised about, uh, which is which is one of the one of one of these 
I would almost say unique things that come out of Nigeria, which is the the spamming that you do, the email spamming. So mm-hmm. I think Nigeria makes up what is it, ninety three percent or something of of uh, all the spam mails being sent out. Uh, in, in any case, I'm not sure if the percentage is right, but it's an amazing amount. Why? Why do do you? I'm making air quotes here. Plurally, do this um, in in and and how can how can people justify this? Because people apparently find this normal to do, a normal practice. To be very honest with you, this oh. is the first time I'm hearing something like this. Oh, sorry. <laughs> this is the first time. I get spam emails. If you see my email, I got like 9,999 plus different spams, junk. Yeah. But I don't know, I don't know why that happens. I don't, I don't, I've never heard like Nigerians spending, like sending spams to people's emails. This is literally the first time I'm hearing this. Okay. Maybe if I research and I can get an answer to it. All right. Okay. Well, possibly look into that, or you know, it's a, it's just a thought. Uh, in any case, yeah. um, it's it, actually I was assuming that you were uh, in the United Kingdom still, but apparently you simply live and stay in Nigeria, um, as, yeah. as you would. How do you? So I'm going to reverse the question. So how do you? How do you keep in touch with? Um, well, either with your university mates or with the UK as such, if you're if you're that far away. Yeah, I literally get everybody on Facebook or Instagram or we talk on Skype or right. FaceTime, whatever. I always keep them in touch. Yeah. Okay. All yeah. right. And and what would be your biggest dream when uh, when you talk, when you consider Nigeria? What would be my biggest dream about Nigeria? Yes. I really want Nigeria to be like any other good country, like the world powers countries. Mm-hmm. That's what I want. That's what I see in my head Nigeria uh-huh. going to. Uh-huh. But the only way we can get this if we all be on the same page. I understand everybody wants their CV to be the best. Everybody want to be on a great level. But like, I just believe if we if I can help you, you can help me. Then we're good. Mm-hmm. I just believe we just have to help regardless of wherever you come from, what religion you are, what tribe you are, whatever. It doesn't mean those things would go one day. They would fade off. We would die one day. I like. When I talk, people say, oh, do you talk too much? But it's just the truth. That's that's just the truth at the end of the day. I just feel if we can help, you help me, I help you. It doesn't mean because I help you, you have to help me. It doesn't mean. Right. right. If you see a chance you want to help me, then you can. Yeah. Then you know that we're going to be on a very clear path. And I'll be good. Mm-hmm. Okay. Are you, yeah. uh, how serious are your plans to actually get into politics in Nigeria? You're very, very, very strong. Very strong. All right. That's Yes, that's I'm very curious. I can. Uh, th- we get the news from Nigeria as well, of course, here in uh, in Belgium, where I am currently. So I'll keep a close eye on um, on on how you're developing yourself uh, in terms of your political okay. career. Um, I'm towards the um, uh, one of the last questions of um, of this interview. Can you give us like three tips to become more culturally competent in? Taken from your experience, um, being Nigerian, having grown up there, but then studying for quite some time in the UK, you know, what are cultural three cultural tips that you can give us to become more culturally competent? When you mean cultural competent, do you mean united to unite? No, well, if that's if that's how you want to interpret it, that's that would be fine as well. But if 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 I would come to Nigeria, or if you would come to a country that you've never been, you know, what would you do? What what three things could you do to become more culturally competent, to fit in better with that other culture? I would be very social with people. Yeah. 
I'll be very social just to let, just the way people live, what people eat, how they speak, just to be, like they say, everything that happens in Italy stays in Italy. So you just have to act, you have to act like them and it, it has to be from your heart, not just because you want to be or look like them. Uh-huh. So I would be very social with them if I was to come there to fit in, I'll be very social with them. Okay. And learn number. more. Yes. Number two. I'm putting you on the spot. Question. I know. I'm putting you on the spot, yeah, but that's, that's fine. <laughs> oh, number two. Oh, number two. Oh. I think I thought about this today. Having like, um, my phone is about to die. Is it possible to get a charger? <laughs> well, if you if you must, go ahead. Yeah, why not? We get an insight at this moment in uh, in a house in Nigeria, uh, in uh, Abuja. Um, Sorry, uh, I said we just uh, we just are having an insight in your in the house that you're currently in, that you are. Uh, so while you are getting your charger, as a matter of fact, and I think we're walking through some sort of corridor, and here we are back again. Are we? Uh, yeah. Are we on a on a power supply now? Yes, we are. Good. <laughs> All right. So we were talking about the uh, the three tips that you could give us to become more culturally competent, to fit in better with another culture, or to to understand another culture better. What what three tips could you give us? You said you'd be very social with people, you know, eat, play with them, talk to them, uh, but it should be from the heart. So what would be the, the next one? The next one would be to um, set up like a campaign. If people can, if you can get a group of people who could, who would go like around the world with different people and just share, okay, this is what we do from this country. Like it's like having, for example, you have a team of twelve people or hundred people, whatever, mm-hmm. coming from different part of the world and literally coming to give like public speaking to people. This is what I do in my country. This is what we do in our country. This is what we do, and tell them, oh, if we can do this and do this and do that, and it can add up to this, and we can be united. We can come as one. We don't have to see ourselves as, oh, I'm from UK, I'm from Dubai, I'm from Saudi. It doesn't really matter where you come from, just as far as you can interact with yourself. That'll be good. Excellent. Do you have a third one as well? I'm short of ideas. (laughs) That's all right. Um, If you come up with something, you can always mail that, and I'll add that to the show notes of this number 68 podcast. Um, The last question, Odie, that I want to ask you is, if people would like to get in touch with you for whatever reason, how can they best do that? Um, You can get in touch with me on my email, Facebook, Skype, Instagram. Okay, and what what name? Everything. What name should they use? What what's your email address? Just give me your email uh, address. That's E K W. E K W. E R E. Yeah. M A D U at Yahoo on underscore O at Yahoo. That's Equermadu underscore O at Yahoo. Okay. All right, that'll be in the show notes as well. And uh, if they uh, put your name either in Facebook or in LinkedIn, um, I've seen both your profiles in Facebook and in LinkedIn as well. Uh, okay. Get some sort of an insight view on what, uh, what Odie is up to. Odie, thanks so much for taking the time and uh, talking to us uh, and being on video as well and not only audio. Thankfully, the Wi-Fi connection held up, so the, the result is, uh, is yeah. actually very good. And again, thanks for, the t- for your time, and I'm pretty sure we'll bump into each other in the future. Take care.
Thank you so much. Bye. Bye. Thanks, Odie, again, for being so uh, upfront and frank with your view and ideas and vision and talking about your own country, Nigeria. I hope you, audience, uh, have somewhat of a better understanding of this magnificent, amazing, and hugely uh, rich and wealthy and populated country called Nigeria. Also a very complex country, I would say. Okay, this is the end of the Culture Matters podcast. Thanks for listening. I'll be back in two weeks' time with another guest. Take care. Till then, bye-bye. That's it for this episode. The Culture Matters podcast, helping you understand cultural diversity better by interviewing real people with real experiences.